Hi, and welcome to the second episode of the Changing Room Thoughts podcast. I'm your host, Karina Chan. If you already are familiar with me, you probably came from my TikTok, where I am colloquially known as the fashion nerd. But if you're new here, hi, welcome. My content is all about fashion history, fashion commentary, fashion philosophy. I aim to provide a non-judgy, non-elitist, non-bitchy breakdown of fashion for everyday audiences. So if that interests you, please keep listening. Follow me on Spotify, potentially subscribe to my YouTube. For all of you who have your video on and can see my outfit today, I always introduce what I'm wearing. My top is from Betsy Johnson. I'm actually wearing a set right now. Let me show you. It's a vintage Betsy Johnson skirt set. So that's pretty exciting. Last episode, we talked about Fashion Week as a concept. This episode, I want to talk about AAPI fashion, specifically at New York Fashion Week. Being Chinese American, naturally, I'm quite interested in the Asian American voice within fashion. Historically, in the New York circuit, we've had Philip Lim, Prabal Garang, Anna Sui. But right now, I think it's a really exciting time to be a young AAPI person who is interested in fashion because there are some really fresh and interesting designers on the scene. We're not all the way through New York Fashion Week, so I'm only going to comment on the shows that have already been seen, but this episode is going to be a breakdown of a couple of designers that really interest me. We're going to talk about Peter Doe and his debut collection at Helmut Lang, Kim Shui's latest spring-summer collection, Dauphinette, which I am new to and just discovered this fashion week. Private policy. What I find really fascinating about the AAPI fashion scene at the moment is that there are so many Asian American New York based designers that cater to completely different aesthetics. I think the beautiful thing is that now there's so many aesthetics to choose from when it comes to wanting to support an AAPI designer or also wanting to support sustainable fashion initiatives. A lot of these uh, AAPI designers also care really heavily about sustainability. So for example, Private Policy's latest collection is about people who are dedicated to saving the reefs. Private Policy kind of always tends to talk in some shape or form about the climate. So it makes me really proud to be an Asian American person that's interested in fashion at the moment. I'm going to do a little breakdown of each designer and some of my favorite looks from the collection, the overall vibe, the creativity, innovation, and fresh perspective in this space make me so excited for fashion in this upcoming year. Let's start off with Peter Doe, because I feel like everyone's been really anticipating him. If you're unfamiliar, Peter Doe is a Vietnamese fashion designer who immigrated to New York and started his eponymous clothing brand, Peter Doe, which has gotten so much critical acclaim. In particular, I think he's best known for this gorgeous constructed suiting and from the front looks very austere and from the back there's just this there's like a cutout with a window in the back that shows off this really sexy part of the body with ruffles framing this window of skin so he's just kind of a master when it comes to tailoring and artful construction 
So it feels like a very great appointment to have him at Helmut Lang, whose heyday was in the 90s, the 2000s. Ever since Helmut Lang left his own label in 2005, there have been pretty big shoes to fill at Helmut Lang. They've kind of fallen off since then and now is one of those brands where you go to the outlet mall and you're like yeah we see a lot of that which sucks because it was a hotly collected brand at the time and helmet lang i'm gen z so growing up i was too young to really understand the influence of helmet lang so i dug into the history a little bit to better understand his impact. He's known to be the first fashion designer to put ads on top of cabs. So very quintessential New York. If you were a cool New Yorker in the 90s and the 2000s, you had Helmut Lang and was also known for sculptural mastery, doing staples, but doing them right. So like the early aughts movement of a really good pair of jeans a really good t-shirt, a really good button down. He was kind of the quintessential New York designer at that time. Everyone has been anticipating Peter Doe because the aesthetics of these two designers feel pretty congruous, feels like a natural extension. And Peter Doe himself has kind of come from that group of designers, having previously worked with Phoebe Philo, another esteemed minimalist designer in the same camp as Helmut Lang. Peter Doe has also cited Helmut Lang as one of his stars and major inspirations. I think the debut collection of a new designer at a very esteemed fashion brand is kind of tricky because you have to satisfy the customers who are nostalgic for the old designer who wants you to honor that and be respectful of the original vision while also not being repetitive and then just regurgitating what's already been done. Otherwise, you're not really making your own mark as a designer, right? So that's kind of the challenge here. It's also very challenging because it's simple and minimalism. So how much can you really impose your own personality on something that's meant to have very clean lines and simple shapes and already kind of has a really well-defined set of house codes and silhouettes and motifs. And I think why I am so proud of him as an AAPI designer is that he infuses his individuality with his identity as a Vietnamese designer. He commissioned or collaborated with Ocean Vong, a celebrated writer and poet, to create a poem in Vietnamese and in English to not only print on the runway, on the cement, but also emblazon them on tank tops, t-shirts, reversed backwards button-ups. And it's just a level of cool that the whole Dior, we are all feminists could Never. Like, they could never. I think he's done a really good job of referencing archival helmet lang in this collection, specifically the taxicab yellow, a nod to the whole helmet lang taxicab thing, but also a lot of layering sheer colorful pops of organza over a more solid piece underneath. That was something that Helmut Lang did in magenta in various colorways and of course in black and white back in the 90s in 1994 I believe. And also he repeated the motif of having this kind of shiny stripe down the side of the pant which is also a reference to Helmut Lang's 
designs. On the whole, I think for a debut collection, I, I did expect him to err towards the side of being true to Helmut Lang as opposed to putting too much of his own voice in it because he has many more collections and seasons to do that. I think this is a great way for him to let us, the people who pay attention, know. I know what era of Helmut Lang you're looking for. I know it's like that Julia Fox sound where it's like, I know the influence, I know the impact, and I know the vibes and the girlies get the vibes. So that's just what it's about. Referencing so much archival Helmut Lang was really smart because he knows that the fashion community is looking for that. So to acknowledge it means that he has his pulse on the culture. My favorite looks, first of all, I love a good magenta moment. I loved the layered cropped shrug. Shrugs have been really in lately, so I think that's a really smart commercial play on his end. This uh, head-to-toe magenta look with this knit shrug with a cutout front uh, layered over a knit sweater dress, layered over a, a sheer organza dress, all in the same monochrome family. I think this is really on the money. The girlies love layering. It's a fun, bright color, and also the... Crop Shrug is such a versatile piece, so I think that that that's going to do really well. I also love this head-to-toe den overall look with this long flowing dangling the D-ring belt and a matching denim baseball cap. It's like so utilitarian, such a legit workwear piece. But the silhouette, the boxiness of the shoulders, and the bagginess of the pants is just so cool. And of course, as true to Helmut Lang and Peter Doe, there's this unisex androgyny that is very current, very now. And pretty much every look that came down the runway came down twice in a men's form and a woman's form. I'm also a sucker for a really good print. I loved this pleated skirt. It reminds me of Chipova Loena. And the pleated skirt has a print, three tiers of ties on the top to add a lot more layers and dimension to the ruching of the piece. So that's my thought on Peter Doe for Helmet Lang. I would love to see him take the brand in a direction that hasn't been seen before in his next collection because I think he did a great job of acknowledging us saying I see you I know the vibes that you're looking for and I will deliver them just trust me and next season I would love for him to see to bring us something that like doesn't reference archival Helmut Lang at all okay the next designer that I'm really excited to talk about is Kim Shui Kim Shui's brand, I feel, has been digested as this vivacious girl that loves to party, loves to go out, loves to serve a look. And I think it's been dubbed by Vogue Runway Reviews as being very Instagram influencer heavy. I have to say that honestly, her Spring Summer 24 collection that she just showed is my favorite collection so far. It has it has this feeling of cohesion and vision that is just so satisfying. And the inspiration behind this collection being her having grown up in Italy. And I think that's such a beautiful 
way to highlight the diaspora. Being in America, a lot of us are only familiar with maybe a Chinese American immigration story. But Kim grew up in Italy, and Italy can be even more racist, discriminatory than the U.S. at times. So it was really interesting for her to kind of pay homage to where she grew up and put her own stamp and vision on Italian aesthetics. Obviously, Kim Shui is always going to bring us sexy. She's always going to give us a good corset. And I liked that the signature cursive K this time came in the form of a chain waist belt with that big metal loop. I love a good low slung chain waist belt moment. It makes everything just look so much more like sexy. One of my favorite things about this collection is the color story. So I noticed there's a lot of chartreuse being paired with brown, which I would never have thought of this color combination, but it's delicious. I really love it. The chartreuse and brown comes in several formats in corsets paired with sheer full skirt, bandier top with these big billowy sleeves and this beautiful purple brown rose in the middle. It is definitely giving very romantic European fantasy, but I love that it's not from a European person, but an Asian woman. Another favorite of mine is this mint corseted blazer dress with sheer sleeves and this lace texture over it. The shape very much is giving emphasized hips, little waist, little waist fat ass bitch tap in. Anyway, it's like a more fun version of the Dior bar jacket that gives that new look hourglass shape. And I also loved this look where there was this corset top paired with these hot pants, almost look like underwear. Bloomers have kind of been a trend lately, but there's these like billowy tulle, tutu-like ruffles coming out the side. So almost like lingerie. And another one of my favorite looks, I am a sucker for red. I am a whore for a good red look. And one of my favorite looks is this deep, like ruby red sequined corset with a matching sash belt over a pair of lacy, frilly, hot pants, short situation and big balloon sleeves, all in this gorgeous deep red color. Like, I love this look so much. I want it so bad. And this little bag too that's paired with it is also in the same like red sequined color family. It's gorgeous. The absolute favorite look is the first look of the collection. It's a underbust corset that's in this like robin's egg blue embroidered with flowers across the fabric really beautiful and the chest area the boob area is covered by some lace and sheer chartreuse organza and this big billowy chartreuse skirt that's peeking out from the corset gives it so much volume this was actually a piece that i got to preview at an art exhibition that kim had hosted at her at her studio and so i'm really happy to see that it made it down the runway it's gorgeous That's it, no notes, 10 out of 10, ate every look. It's like that really cool, fashionable Asian girl you know who works a corporate nine to five 
and makes enough money to spend on good clothes going on her hot girl Euro summer vacation of the year. So the next brand I want to talk about is new to me. It's called Dauphinette, the brainchild of Olivia Cheng, taken from her website, the, an explanation of, of the name. In French, Dauphin refers to the king's eldest son, i.e. the heir to the throne. Coupled with the traditionally feminine suffix et, this symbol of the old feudalistic order takes on new agency. Given the context of this kind of royal French Versailles fancifulness aesthetic, I kind of see it in the silhouette. Dauphinette is interesting because the brand was founded on sustainable outerwear created by found materials and recycled leather and fur. Now the brand has expanded, but still retains that found object quality. I perused the website. They have these scaparelli looking bags that have faces on them made out of door handles, buttons. So very surreal. But at the end of the day, no matter how spectacular it is, it is still sustainable. I think for the longest time, there's been this stigma in the fashion industry that if some designer focuses on sustainability, then the design is not as interesting. But I think Dauphinette kind of makes sustainability so creative and so sexy. Like these found objects have this fancy quality. I was stalking Dauphinette's Instagram story and I saw this dress made out of matchboxes sewn between a sandwich of plastic lining like almost like a plastic shower curtain so it looks like one of those hanging organizers hanging shoe organizers except it's made entirely out of matchboxes collected throughout New York so cool this is my first time noticing this brand so i'm excited to get to know them better couldn't find them on vogue runway i think they're still maybe relatively nascent this is me shooting my shot olivia if you're watching invite me to the next show i want to see anyways okay next brand i want to talk about that i think is so exciting is private policy even though private policy has come out with a couple collections at this point it is chu si suying and Li Haoran's first official New York Fashion Week season. If you're unfamiliar with private policy, every collection they do is some kind of sociopolitical commentary. This season, they were really inspired by people who try to save the reefs in the sea. Their denim jeans were embroidered with sequins made of biodegradable plastic, meaning microorganisms can break it down once it's in contact with the earth, and nylon that was made out of recyclable polyester. Um, one effect that private policy does that I love is putting clear sequins over fabric and it gives the fabric this beautiful shiny quality that almost looks like glass but you can it's still transparent so you can see the patterns and the colors behind it and I just love this kind of texture. Another thing I thought was so cool was um, a couple of the looks came down the runway with these neon sculptures that the models held in their hands. And these sculptures are done by an artist named Juno Shen. I actually met her one. She is as beautiful as her artwork and also really sweet and really nice. But she makes these organic shaped neon sculptures 
paired with the kind of shiny slick look of the clear sequins over the fabric of these dresses and these pieces it gives this really cool like aquatic effect so i think the theme of saving the reefs was really well reflected aesthetically throughout this collection in particular one of my favorite looks is this tank and hot pants gloves combo with this like diver's hood covered in clear sequins over a pink and yellow print of a reef really beautiful very artistic very aquatic i would love to wear something like this next summer i also really loved this set which was a kind of racer style top with the little thin collar and a deep zip zipper down the bottom that goes all the way to the belly button so if you zip it all the way down it's super sexy but it's tight so that everything stays in place paired with a low slung skirt a low rise mini skirt so that there's just enough skin peeking out the sides of this like wetsuit situation i love a good like side muffin top moment i love that they did a look that kind of honored that anatomy Okay, that's it. That's my roundup. As of September 10th, this is my roundup of my favorite Asian American designers for New York Fashion Week. I loved that there was someone, something for everyone. You have Peter Doe at Helmut Lang for the minimal sculptural fashion girly. Kim Shui for the vivacious hot girl Euro summer fashion girly. Dauphinette for the DIY sustainable sleigh girlies and private policy for the intellectual profound fashion girlies there's something for everybody and i haven't even gone into like bad binge tong tong who is very camp so avant-garde so fun but maybe that's for another episode if you enjoyed this episode please give it a five star on spotify podcasts and follow me there i always include an interactive question or poll with each one of these episodes so please check the episode description would love to gather your responses and it's probably going to make it into my next episode with that being said i hope you enjoyed this little yummy fashion roundup on your way to work this monday morning can't wait to check back in next monday bye